The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. And just before we get to our next guest, as we you put a pause on uh, the, the coronavirus conversation that we've been having, Gorgeous texted in and said, what do you call stockpiling? We keep enough goods on hand for three months. We buy things on sale and we cook at home and maybe order in once a month. Well, that's what you do. That's normal for you, Gord. What we're talking about is the, is people who are, are so worried about things right now going out and scooping up a whole bunch of things. And, and, and that's uh, uh, that's the difference in, in, in this case. Again, wash your hands. Keep washing your hands and wash them well. Wash them well. We'll give you some more information coming up uh, throughout the afternoon. Uh, Switching gears here, uh, more than 100 emergency room doctors have penned a letter to Alberta Health Minister Tyler Shandro, and um, it's urging the province to press pause and reconsider proposed changes to health care. Over the weekend, more than 120 ER physicians in the Calgary region alone signed the letter, and there's been uh, other letters written since then. Uh, Last month, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, in fact, Andrew announced the province was ripping up its master agreement with doctors uh, and bringing in new rules. You heard him talk about it right here on this station with me. All along, we had said from from the beginning of the process to the end that our number one concern is how do we make sure we don't have the $2 billion of cost overruns that we're projecting. And um, unfortunately, the AMA um, never never worked with us on, on addressing that issue. So um, unfortunately, the process uh, in negotiating and mediating was a successful. Dr. Edward Less is a pediatric emergency physician. He helped pen that letter and he joins us now. Dr. Less, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jaden. Uh, you just uh, you just heard from Tyler Shandro saying that uh, the mediation wasn't successful, that um, that the uh, AMA wasn't able to help them or, or provide any suggestions on how to deal with this two billion dollar co- cost overrun. I know a petition has started to try to get back to the table. Um, do you think that there will be any luck there, or is the relationship too broken at this point? Oh, that's difficult to say, Jalen. Uh, I think, uh, to be honest, uh, most of us are not very hopeful. I'm not sure if you heard uh, Premier Kenny, I think it was yesterday, uh, channeling Ralph Klein, I think, where he said he, he's not going to blink and that we can protest all we want. We can call him all the names in the book. Uh, but he is, uh, to quote another uh, mm-hmm. politician of yesteryear, Margaret Thatcher, he's not returning. Yeah. But, you know, this is really unfortunate. We're not going to call the minister uh, or the premier names, of course, but we are going to continue to stand up for patients. His comments with respect to failed mediation and the lack of engagement by the Alberta Medical Association uh, are not really quite accurate. The Alberta Medical Association was doing as it is supposed to do, advocating for doctors and primarily for patient care in a way that is responsible and sensible. But the minister chose to uh, cut mediation uh, short and to walk away from those negotiations. He chose to forego arbitration. He chose instead to decree that these changes 
uh, are going to happen in a few short weeks. And uh, the reason that the emergency doctors uh, drafted this letter and the reason it's been signed by so many of our colleagues is because we are concerned about the impact of those cuts on the patients of Alberta. I want to get to uh, I want to get to that in a moment. Just a, a couple more questions first. When you heard that you know that agreement had been ripped up, and a, when you and your colleagues had heard that, and when you uh, heard what was what was coming into place, what did you think? What what, what was the talk uh, among your among your colleagues? Were you flabbergasted? Were you ticked right off? I'm guessing a combination of everything. Well, there's a spectrum. I think uh, <laughs> some of us were flabbergasted, and some of us were shocked, and some of us uh, who are more political animals were not particularly surprised because we knew that this government had passed Bill 21 in the fall, giving themselves the power to do just this sort of thing. And so when they trotted it out uh, for this purpose, uh, I, for one, wasn't overly surprised, even though uh, I was uh, dismayed. And look, you know, I get it, and doctors get it. You know, Alberta, the economy in Alberta is in trouble. Our treasured energy sector is in a lot of trouble. All of us have friends and colleagues who have lost their jobs or who are underemployed. These are really difficult times for Alberta. We see the stress of that in the front lines in medicine. Uh, we feel it every day. Uh, and it's not that we do not have sympathy for that. We know that cuts are needed to uh, health care in Alberta. It chews up 40% roughly of all spending, all public spending. And we are we are cognizant of the fact that some belt tightening needs to occur. In fact, we have already engaged in some of that belt tightening with the previous uh, administration in consultation with Premier Notley, and we were and are prepared to do more of the same. Well, I was going to ask you. Uh, I was going to ask you that question because you you have been um, you have been quoted as saying what you just did that you understand that cuts and changes have to be made. Uh, you know, do you, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. Where would those cuts and changes be made? And 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 is the AMA, AMA listening to its members when it comes to that? Well, the great the great irony here is that the changes to the fee codes for family doctors in particular, mm. um, which uh, relate to their ability to deliver comprehensive care to care to complex patients that require more time, those changes are going to drive those doctors to more of a turnstile walk-in clinic style of medicine that doesn't serve anybody very well. And, you know, ironically, the family doctors, you know, if the minister cared to go through the billing numbers, I think he would find that the highest billing family doctors are the doctors who work in the turnstile type of clinic where they fire patients through at a furious pace. The highest billing doctors are not those thoughtful, good family doctors who deliver uh, medical homes for their patients. Let's talk about um, the the current fee-for-service model, what can be charged, and get into that complex modifier category, because as you mentioned, mentioned that is a bit of a controversial change. Can you explain uh, for my listeners what is happening there and, and why there is such a concern for patient care because of it? So, you know, I think it's unfortunate that we have spent so much time. Uh, my colleagues uh, have spent a lot of time trying to explain this complex modifier business to the, to the public. It's confusing for us, uh, frankly, and it's confusing, therefore, doubly so, triply so for the general public. But to try to put it in simple terms, doctors are paid for each, doctors who work on a fee-for-service model are paid for each patient that they see. Mm -hmm. And if they have a patient who has either has multiple issues or, for example, is a geriatric patient or a patient who has developmental problems who requires a, 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 a problem that takes more than 10 minutes to solve, say 20 minutes to solve, 
we have been allowed, or family doctors have been allowed, to charge an additional fee for spending that additional time. Frankly, again, those doctors would be better off financially if they simply saw six patients an hour, 10 minutes each, and fired them through their clinic each day, uh, every day, rather than spending the attention to those patients that they need. What is going to happen? Because um, there is concern about about patient care in in the in 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 the long run. You have you have suggested that um, some patients who have these complex issues uh, maybe won't um, be able to get the time that they need. We're going to end up in ER, and it could cost more in the longer run. Exactly. So their care will be fragmented, uh, complex patients, because they will not have their issues properly addressed in the primary care system, will necessarily turn up at urgent care clinics and emergency departments. They will be seen by doctors who do not know them and will deliver care in a more expensive fashion. And, you know, I listened to the end of your previous segment on coronavirus. And I have to say the timing of this upheaval is particularly unfortunate, you know, given the looming coronavirus threat, yeah. you know, uh, at a time when we should all all the physicians of Alberta at this moment should have laser focus on being prepared and on developing contingency plans for the uh, possible viral epidemic and strategizing how to help Albertans uh, with that epidemic. Just at this time, this minister has distracted frontline providers because they are concerned with how to maintain the viability of their family practices. And I think that's deeply unfortunate, increasing stress on emergency departments just when we need every square inch and every last resource to deal with the coming coronavirus threat. Dr. Liss, uh, I can tell you without even having to look at my text line right now, and I'm completely honest with you on this one, there is going to be texters and folks saying, oh, boo-hoo, poor overpaid doctors, um, and saying blaming it on wages and all that sort of thing. What do you say to that? Absolutely, and I I totally get that. We, as physicians, are um, uh, one of the fortunate sectors, I suppose, in the sense that we still have jobs. Uh, Absolutely, I get that, and that is why we are willing to do our bit with respect to containing costs in this province. But you cannot, you cannot reasonably ask a family doctor who is running a small business who has overhead to contend with, who has to pay his nurses, receptionists, put magazines in the waiting room, all of these things, the supplies, etc., to uh, absorb a 20 to 30 percent cut to their billings when their overhead remains the same. It simply will be impossible for them to remain economically viable and deliver the care that their patients deserve in the way that these, with the way these structs, uh, cuts sorry, are structured. And so, you know, we need to be uh, involved in these decisions. We want to be involved. We simply ask that the health minister come back to the table and let's take a second look Uh, a deep look at how we can find cost savings and how we can change doctor remuneration in areas where it's needed. Because for sure there are inefficiencies that we need to address and inequities that we need to address. And for sure um, within the system there are abuses that are occurring that have to be also addressed. But we need to be part of the solution. If there is an engineering firm, for example, in downtown Calgary where I live, who is in trouble and uh, there are uh, cracks in the foundation of their business that need to be fixed, they don't look to doctors to help them fix their problems. And similarly, within the healthcare system, I don't understand for a moment how the health minister thinks it's sensible to try to fix problems within the healthcare system and not involve physicians. That makes 
no sense to me. Uh, Dr. Les, I saw yesterday um, that uh, the, the, these changes are, re- are already starting to affect how clinics are operating. Specifically, I saw a tweet from uh, Wood Buffalo uh, Primary Care Network yesterday announcing that it was changing its, its hours. And if I remember correctly, it was closing all of its evening hours um, effective within the next couple of weeks. I suspect that uh, we're going to see more of that. I think so. And, you know, I would want to uh, reassure uh, Albertans, however, that we do have their backs and that we will continue to do our very best for our patients within the new constraints that have been placed upon us. And those of us who work in the emergency department, you know, I would say to Albertans, you know, you may have been waiting four or five hours. Those wait times may stretch to six or seven hours or more with the coronavirus. We will continue to do our level best. We will not abandon the patients of Alberta, but we have to be able to function within these new constraints. If I can just say, you know, yesterday, uh, again, the minister uh, was on the airwaves repeating, and just as he has in the legislature, that physician remuneration will be the same. He keeps on repeating to the public that there are no cuts to doctors' remuneration, and yet every doctor I've spoken to, every doctor I know, is staring down the barrel of cuts to how they conduct their business and cuts delivered in such a way that is not helpful to how they deliver their business and will result in increased wait times and as we've discussed increased pressure on the emergency departments. I'm curious to know I'm seeing some some more and more stories out there uh, I think it was there was a family doctor out of Camero saying that she thinks that she might have to to, uh, to move might have to, to to leave the province there was another one uh, out there today uh, uh, a psychologist actually or a doc I forget I apologize, I forget who it was, but saying that she was, you know, she'd hoped to practice here in this province, but given the changes, she might have to, to, to leave. She's a, she's a newer doctor. How is this going to impact um, those newer doctors and, and getting, making Alberta an attractive place for those graduating from med school? I think uh, that's one of the greatest tragedies in all of this. The person you're referring to was profiled in Alicia Corbella's uh, column in the Calgary Herald today. Uh, She's finishing her residency in psychiatry after five years of residency training following medical school and following undergraduate training. I think she's in her early 30s and has $300,000 worth of debt. And and psychiatry is one of the lowest paid specialties in our profession. And she simply is making a practical decision for her life to be able to make a reasonable income to pay off $300,000 worth of debt and provide a decent life for herself uh, and her family. And I think, you know, it's the next generation of doctors, the next generation of leaders, medical visionaries. They're looking at this landscape that's been created by Premier Kenny and Health Minister Shandro, and they're choosing sensibly, uh, really, to go elsewhere and to put down roots elsewhere. And the fact that we've invested 10 to 15 years training the next generations of doctors in Alberta only to see them go elsewhere, that, as I said, is a tragedy. Um, Again, more texts coming in. I think I've got someone on hold here. It says, uh, you know, all small businesses have to make cuts. All small businesses have to make cuts. And again, I think um, one of the the challenges here is that a lot of people see this as a, as a salary thing. And, um, and I think what you're trying to say, Dr. Les, is um, that you're really concerned about patient care. Well, you know, just to speak to that for a second, all small businesses have to make cuts, absolutely. But not all small businesses are um, locked into 
uh, a fee structure that is mandated by government. This is what you must charge. This is all you can charge for your service. So we are mandated into you know a locked down fee structure, but we are not locked into uh, you know mandated overhead. And the fact that you know physicians billing this often gets lost in public discussion. If 30 to 40 percent of those billings go to physician overhead before uh, they have their uh, income from which taxes are deducted. And so, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, all businesses need to absorb cuts. Absolutely. But a business that has to absorb 20 to 30 percent cut in their revenue often can make adjustments elsewhere with respect to the revenue aspect. We cannot. Mm. Um, uh, Sorry, with respect to the overhead uh, aspect. And uh, so we cannot... Um, you know, manage both sides of the equation. The minister manages what doctors get paid. We are living in an environment where our overhead is our overhead. We tried to find efficiencies. Most doctors have done so already, as I mentioned, with the previous round of belt tightening in consultation with the Notley government. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Les, I want to thank you uh, for your insight uh, on, on this topic. I, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Edward Less, a pediatric emergency physician out of Calgary, joining us this afternoon on 630 Chat Afternoons.